0: Welcome to the Sichet this week, Project Lakot Siches. We're learning Sichet Base of Parshas Lech Lecha on page forty-four. The Parshasayinim Mesupal called Vatzivya Kadosh Baruch Hu LaAvram Avinu Limoy Latsmoy Bnei Beisa. This week's Parsha, we learn the mitzvah of Avram Avinu doing the mitzvah bris mila for himself and the people in his house. Obikyumay tzivize naser roish lamulim. Avraham Avinu becomes, as it says in the Medrash, the first of those that make the bris milah. Reish and abris shabena Kadesh echad The first one to make this bond, this bris that's made between the avisher and every single yid. The fact that Avraham Avinu was the first is not only the first Zen, but this is actually the nusuch of the bracha that we make today. That we bring the child into the covenant of Avraham Avinu. And this will be the theme of this entire Sikha to explain the Nusuch of this bracha, why we say B'Briso'i Shel Avraham Avinu. So here the Rebbe explains, what do we see from the fact that we're saying that it's the B'Ris of Avraham Avinu? The bris that you do today with a child, is related and comes from the same bris that Avram Avinu originally made. Because he's not just a person, but he's Avinu, he's our forefather. So he gives over, he inherits to all of his descendants, this power to be able to enter into this covenant with the Ebishter. This is the bris of Avram Avinu that we all make when we make the bris with a baby. The Reb adds even more when it comes to the expression of Avinu, which means it is Yerusha here, there's an inheritance to his descendants. So when it comes to a Yerusha, the relationship between the father and the child that inheriting is very powerful. because it's known Aleph number one. The Yerusha is not at all dependent on the condition or any preparations of the child to inherit. A child one day old inherits everything. So the Yerusha is complete, full. Not because of any specific qualification of the child. The way Yerusha works is, it's not that the object is leaving one possession and entering into a different possession from one entity to another. Rather, the Yerush enters into the place of the one that he's inheriting from. That's what's changing. That when one person passes away, the child enters into his place and automatically he takes possession of everything in that place. So the relationship is so much deeper according to this. So we understand from this. So the bris of every single year is the bris of Avraham Avinu. The ability. Of a yid, the preparation and the possibility of a yid to enter into this bris with the abish there comes from Avram Avinu. So, since one that inherits without looking at his specific condition, enters into the place of the mairish himself. So, the bris that's made with every child, with every yid, is this very same bris. That every yid enters into that place that Avram Avinu had when he made the bris with the Every yid gets that koyach and enters into the same place of Avram Avinu. That's why we make the bracha laachnisay the brisay shalavram avinu. However, the Rebbe says there's a question here. Ha'rambam Kosav mitzvazu. The Rambam in Pirush Mishneis. This is a well-known Rambam in, in Perik Zayin of Chulin, where the Rambam writes regarding the mitzvah of mila as follows. We do not fulfill the mitzvah of bris Miller because Avram Avinu made the bris himself with the people of his house. Rather, why are we doing the mitzvah of bris today? It's the a mitzvah at the time of Harsinai, that. We are doing the mitzvah for that reason. Not because of Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu in his time as an individual got the mitzvah. And that would not necessarily continue for <laughs> Klal Yisrael later. It's only because Avish says the mitzvah again in Pashas Tazriya to Mashra That's why we do the mitzvah today. Are move on? So we understand them from this. Although, the power, as the Rebbe explained before, the ability to enter into a covenant, the bris is not just a physical action, but the ability for the effect of the bris, to enter into this bris with the Ebeshter, is an inheritance from Avram Avinu. The mitzvah itself, as it lies upon us, the obligation of the mitzvah, is not a continuation and not an inheritance of Avraham Avinu's fulfillment of the mitzvah. The mitzvah that we do today is based on and begins new from the time that Moshe Rabbeinu received the mitzvah and gave it to Avinu. So why is this mitzvah called the bris of Avraham Avinu? It's not the bris of Avraham Avinu. That mitzvah was his mitzvah. The mitzvah that we do today is the mitzvah that we get after Matan Torah. Especially based on what the midrash says, where the midrash explains the difference between the mitzvahs that Avraham Ramah been fulfilled and the mitzvahs that we fulfill today. The mitzvahs that the Avis fulfilled is compared to an aroma. But the mitzvahs that we do is like emptying out the oil itself that has that nice aroma from one. Vessel to another. What does this mean? Hare the mitzvah that we fulfill today, after al There's a great advantage that it has more than whatever Avraham Avinu fulfilled. And the analogy of the medrash is, bedudmas ma'ilas guf ha al It's like the advantage of having the oil itself over just the aroma of the oil. Okay, and if that's the case, How can we say that the mitzvah that we do today, that comes after Matan Torah, and is on so much of a higher level, that this is the bris of Avraham It's a completely different kind of a mitzvah. Different, a much higher level of a mitzvah. Adereb says, it's actually a more basic question. We could ask here on the Nusach of the bracha, La'akhnissah i'bebrisei shel Avraham Avinu. La'shuna Brach her, Bebrisei shel Avraham Avinu, Madgisha, Inyan Avraham Avinu. What are we emphasizing here? That this is the covenant of Avraham Avinu. U'la khayra. Adav yaisu lahadgish, Sha'abrisi im Baruch Wouldn't it be more important to emphasize the fact that this is a covenant with the Eibishter? Ta'aynu la'akhnissah i'bebris in HaKadosh Baruch To enter into a bris with the Eibishter. Why mention at all the first one that made the bris, Avram Avinu, that brought this bris into the world? and like, True, Avramavinu Avinu was the first, and he empowers us to enter into this covenant. But wouldn't it be more appropriate to say more directly what the theme of the bris is? The theme of the bris is to enter into a covenant with Eveshter himself. So to get a deeper understanding of the Nusach of the Bracha, the ever gives an introduction here. The Alter Rebbe says in Shulchan as follows: Ashet Chilas Knessas Nefesh Zua the beginning of the entrance of the holy Nefesh of a Yid, he happens when b'Mitzvas Mila, by the time of the mitzvah of Mila. we move on, so there's an obvious question here: Gam Kedim Leyde Satinik, even before a child is born, b'Yisar b'Mayimai in his mother's womb, Melamdan Aysay Kalatayra Kula. He's being taught the entire Teireh. What does this mean? HaReshagam Terim Ivaldei Nimtzaaz Bein Nefesh HaKdesha. So even before he's born, he has a holy neshama learning Teireh. Shehi hi alimedes, Eskala Teireh Kula. That's who's learning the entire Teireh in his mother's womb. So, Beech yasemzeh, Emamuva le'el, how does this fit with what the Altareva says? Sh'tchilas, knisas, Nefesh HaKdesha, Hibeyesha Brismila. That the, the neshama only enters at the time of the Bris. Shehi, or Shehu, yaim Hashmina Lelid being only the eighth day after the person is born. How could this be? So the answer here is, Knisas Nefesh al says the entrance of the Holy Nefesh. What is the real concept of this word, the entrance of the Nefesh? Why do we use this term, entrance? What is it? A Nefesh makes an entrance. The Nefesh gives chayis. So why do we use this terminology of entrance? Pirusha, you know what the real pshat is? Chibor shel It's not just the fact that the neshama provides the life to the guf, but it enters into the properties of the guf. It enters and becomes unified with the guf. It enters and becomes one with the guf itself. That's the real concept of entrance in this context, and that's what Al-Tareb is saying here. It enters and it becomes one entity with the guf itself, so much so that you see the life of the neshama in the guf itself. In other words, usually the neshama, of course, gives life to the guf. However, what's the guf itself? The guf itself is a physical life. The neshama is the source to provide life to the guf. But that, what, what's the quality of the life of the guf itself? The guf itself is physical. The neshama is spiritual. The neshama is ruchni. It's a nevesh chelik al It gives life to the, nesh- to the guf in the properties of the guf, which is a musical life. The entrance is that the life of the neshama becomes united and infused in the guf to an extent that in the Gashmi, the gogof, you see the Ruchni, the Gokoyach, the Achelik Aleka, Mamish, the Neshama, within the Gulf itself, as the Rebbe will explain. That that happens by the bris. So now we understand, that true, when the fetus is in the mother's womb, so it learns Teireh, im yes, there is a holy nefesh there, that's giving it its life, because, however, so it's not only that this neshama, the holy neshama, that has not entered, in the sense that we explained, that it has not become unified in the guf, The truth is that at that point, even the Yunus, the basic vital soul, of what's usually called the nefesh of, Bahamas of the Eid, is not alive, which is independent and identified with this guf itself. The baby is eating from what the mother eats. He doesn't eat independently and he doesn't have his own life. So at that point there is life there, but that life is not identified with the fetus. It's the mother's life which is being provided to the baby. And the same thing is even more so true when than get to the neshama. There is a neshama here. However, the neshama has not entered, has not penetrated the mitzis of the Gulf. And even after the child is born, So here you see an independent guf that now has its own life that's become unified with the body. What do you see in the existence of the body of a baby? You don't see the effect and the unity that it has with its neshama. Because at that point, the reason is, because at that point, the neshama, which is the source of its life, is still concealed. It's still makiftik. All we see is the physical life, the vital life that the neshama has. The guf. When is the true entrance, the real entrance, the internal entrance of the neshama that it affects the guf and becomes identified with the guf? that it becomes unified in a revealed way. That you see, and that takes place at the time of the brismila when the neshama enters into the physical body. Here, the effect of the neshama is being drawn through the mitzvah of the bris, and the neshama is being drawn into the physical flesh, the physical existence of the gof. The bris with the Ebishta is now sealed and there in the physical body. So much so that this is something that even anybody in the world could see and notice. So the bris Oilam that says is the fact that it comes into the Matthias of Oilam that anybody could see what the identity of the physical Guf itself is. The identity of the Guf is the holiness of the neshama that's recognized in it. That's the true concept of knesset that it becomes unified, that what is the mitzvah sagof, The neshama which is noticed in it. That's the accomplishment of the bris, to bring the neshama, the real, full, pure entrance of the neshama, into the gufa gashmi So this is a unique advantage that you see only the mitzvah of mile more than other mitzvahs. All mitzvahs, the theme of the mitzvah is to connect the person fulfilling the mitzvah with the commander. A mitzvah means connection. The mitzvah means connection. The khibah that takes place, the mitzvah that takes place when you fulfill a mitzvah is not recognized in the physical hand or the physical activity, the physical gulf of the person. al darach moshe. HaYad HaMachalek is The hand which is giving Tzdoke. Av, shebevaday, paala, mitzvah, shini shinigam, bemitziyu, sagash, m'shel, ayad. If this hand fulfilled this mitzvah, the fulfillment of the mitzvah creates a connection and has an impact on the hand itself. Avol ein ze shinigya nerevinik, bebas, agash, m'shel, We don't see that impact in the physical hand. The expression that we bring, that connection that we draw down through this mitzvah does not penetrate to the extent that there's an actual physical change that we can see. Sheikh and mitzvah which is not true when it comes to the mitzvah of mila. The mitzvah of milah is stamped in the physical body of the person. Say the mizu, it's not only this, but kol in mitzvah. This is the whole theme of the mitzvah. That this change is taking place, this elevation that's taking place with the bris, with the ebishterim, should be dafki in the physical goof of the person, <speaking in the> le'enibos, <language> of anyone to, to notice, the gam blumis canal, even a goyle havlu could notice this as well. That's the whole point of the mitzvah, the unique advantage of this mitzvah, to bring the connection even into the physical body, to draw down the life of the neshama, to become unified with the physical body of the person. Zahodlaw, Maloshakrisis Habristamileh, a Krisis Habris, the Khayrev This is a great advantage in this crisis, not only over other mitzvis, but other instances where the Abishan makes a covenant with Klayisra. Habris, Shakurasakales Baruchum Bene Israel, Bisina, the Abishan makes a bris with Yiddin by Matante, and an Arbismayov. This is a bris that's made with all of Klal Yisrael, in all of generations, even those that are not physically present. It's made with the neshamis of all generations. The Kosef, the says, or no no oh, everyone, it's, everyone is included in the bris. This covenant includes prior generations, and also of future generations. The bris is really taking place. The Ebesh is making the bris with the neshamas of the Yedin. Everybody is present, all the neshamas. Regarding all the klal Yisrael, including Gedim. There's an oath that we took upon ourselves from the time of Harsim, which includes everybody. So this is a bris that takes place with the Nishamas of all you. say the mizu, it goes even a step further, because you may still argue, those that were present, the bris is being made with their guf. So the Rebbe says, it's still not the same as it is in the case of the bris. Prismila, that is. Those that were present with their physical bodies. How is the bris made with them? They listen. They listen to the words that Moshe Rabbeinu tells them. How do you listen to something? It's the physical ears that you can have the sense of hearing to listen. So there is a physical limb in the body that's participating in this bris. What's the ear? The ear itself is a physical ear. The ear itself is not affected by the listening. The ear is just the opening to enter that the neshama should listen. For the sense of hearing that the neshama has, and the neshama listens to the message of Maishah Rabbeinu. But there's no bris that's affecting the physical ear itself. It's the neshama that's receiving the message through the ear. So, umuvamizeh, we understand from this, Shekrisis ha-bris asher ba'ar v'smoya The bris that Ebersheh makes with the ba'ar by v'adoy mislo. And others that are similar. ha'isa be'ikir im nishmiseyim shal Yisrael. This is a bris with the nishames of the Yidin. Whether those that are present, and those that are not present. Sheenken krisis ha-bris dem milah, dem of the bris of milah is, ashe in Yana, the whole theme of this mitzvah is, Liyah is brisi the lebris oylah. This is to bring the connection into the flesh. <speaking> in the bris aylam, Gambasa the physical body. <speaking in> the <flesh> the lowest element, the lowest part of the physical body. bris <speaking in the flesh> Should be connected with an everlasting bris, or as the Rebbe touched before, the bris aylam to bring it down even for aylam to see, as we said before. <speaking in the flesh> now through this, <speaking in the flesh> This to a very great degree, accomplishes the general kavana of the creation, which is to make a dwelling place with there in the lowest elements of the world. Betachten she'ein lo'mata mimenu, the lowest place. So in the mitzvah of Bris, you have the fulfillment of dirbetachtenehim more than in other mitzvahs. V'zehu kol in yonah shomitzvah smila. So this is what the entire mitzvah of milah is about. And here the Rebbe adds another knech, another deeper point here. It's not only that the mitzvah of milah is not only for the Nishama but it comes down also all the way into the guf. The whole entire mitzvah of Mila is only about the connection to the guf. Why? When the baby is only eight days old, at this point, the child has no ability at all to have a mind of his own, to think of his own, to choose on his own, to do this mitzvah and so on. So who's participating in this mitzvah? The revealed aspect of the neshama that would think, that would serve and do the mitzvah is not here, it's not, it's not what the mitzvah of the bris is about. The Torah puts the mitzvah to be fulfilled at this age. It's ever points out in the Ha'odah, whether the mitzvah is on the father or the child. Either way, the fulfillment of the mitzvah is with the child at this age where the, the gilu'y of the neshama is not developed yet. The reason is, the whole entire point of the bris is, it's the physical flesh that's becoming connected today, Bishop. That's what the bris is all about and this is dafke, and even more so by a child of 8 days old if you make the bris with someone at an older age so then the bris is being made with a person that's thinking with the revealed levels of his neshama that he can connect in that way but over here because that's not developed yet so the bris is being made it's the essence of the neshama of the yid that's beyond the k'eches of the neshama the essence of the neshama of the yid is being revealed and coming down to the physical Part of the existence of the person. So now that we understand a deep deeper what the bris is all about, the entrance of the neshama, the essence of the neshama that comes down to the lowest part of the person's body, into the gufa gashmi. So we can understand That the nusach is that we enter into the bris of avram avino. And the Rebbe gives another short introduction here. The Priya Oretz, there's a say for Priya Oretz, which was one of the teachers of the Alte Rebbe, a Talmud of the Magid. So there he explains the greatness of the Nisayan of the Akedah that Avraham Avinu did. He had over history, many hidden, Gamma Nashim Pshutim, Including simple individuals b'meshachaderes amdu b'nisayin amesiris nefesh, they withstood a test of mesiris nefesh Va b'dayim lezusha arkeda, even similar to arkeda. Gam eblishu shomazel tsvim be'footish ma kadosh baruch And seemingly with an advantage over Avram, because they did not hear a clear directive of the Avisha to do so. U'mikol makan God la malas shalavram avinu olav Nevertheless, what Avram avinu did is has a tremendous advantage. Atla hafli a great advantage been ision that we always mention than the sign of arcade that avramo vino withstood fatamo so the ramnachandel hadaka says, the reason is the fish eat shall the fish avramo vino hay harish avramo vino was the first shaamad bin saion zoom he withstood this test the first ubhalka grindinga had elias rishai who dava hakashab yaysa when it comes to something like this to be the first one to withstand a test like this When there's nobody that you could learn from or take energy from before you, this is a tremendous accomplishment. After Avraham Avinu already opened up the funnel, and he paved the road. This makes it easier for others to follow in his footsteps and do the same. They're following in his ways. So that's the tremendous advantage of Avraham Avinu that he was the first with the Nisayan HaKedah. So now the Rebbe says, let's apply this here to the mitzvah of bris. Could we say the same thing regarding a bris? So the Rebbe says, Omnom calls uh, this idea here, that when you have a first, and then you have those that follow. So they're not as great as the one that made the break, breakthrough thir- first. When it comes to something that a person is fulfilling with his understanding, with his feelings, it's his choice that he's making, and he has to have that energy and that motivation to do so. In In order for a person to have the strength, to have the energy, and to overcome all difficulties and whatever prevents him of doing this, if he knows and he's aware and he feels, there's someone that came before you that did so. You already broke this through especially if it's someone close to you, if it's your own father that did so. And he opened up the pathway for himself and all yidin. So this is a great assistance in your ability to follow in his footsteps and do the same. So this is with something when it takes from the person to make a decision with his Avonah, with his hagish, so he can go on the ways that he was shown from before. Ah, do but when we're talking about something, like over here, the bris It's not the knowledge of the child, it's not the awareness of the child, it's not his action. nasis There's a mitzvah taking place and being fulfilled in his body without his understanding, without his preparation. especially a child. He has no shlita, no control over, over the kaychas that he has, the that he has, but it's, they're not developed, they're not revealed. His seichel, his middis of his neshama, they're not revealed yet. They're not participating in, in making the decision for this mitzvah. So the fact that someone else made the decision to go ahead and do this before you will not in any way be there as an assistance to what's happening to you. Because it's not you Bukhlau, that's doing this. This is a physical mitzvah that's taking place in your physical body without your involvement, without your awareness. Okay, so in this sense, there's no distinction between the way, the way the mitzvah is being done with you and the way the mitzvah is done with the first one that does this mitzvah. When the mitzvah that's done with him, he's the first. First in the sense, true, yes, there was someone that did it before you. But whatever was done before you has in no way any relation and no effect on you and on the midst of the way it's being done by you. When you have one that does something and the other one is following in his footsteps, he's going in his paved road and you're going after him. So then you're second, not only second literally, but second also in the sense that you're following someone else. But over here, someone that's fulfilling this mitzvah of this in his physical body without the awareness... It's the mitzvah, as Rev explained before. The point of the mitzvah is not the neshamah that's doing it with his awareness. It's the physical body that the mitzvah is done in it. So over here, the first and the second are both first. The fact that one came before has no bearing on the one that comes after. They're both independently first. MS, to take this a step further, the gam Mitzvah, Smila. This is even true when a mitzvah is sometimes performed by an adult, Case of a as well, where it's performed in an adult. So this is also true. In this case, the person is an adult. He's aware. He has feelings. So he has to make that decision to fulfill the mitzvah. What is the mitzvah itself? The point of the mitzvah is not your decision and the ruchnius that you give over to the and involve in this covenant with the, it, the The point of the mitzvah, the fulfillment of the mitzvah, is the gashmi, is the physical body to be connected to the ebishter. As we already explained before. As far as the actual bris itself, As far as the actual bris itself, it's not the previous one that fulfilled the mitzvah that's related to the mitzvah that you do. As far as the decision that you made to fulfill the mitzvah, it could be you're getting influenced by the fact that someone else before you did it. Yes, but that's not the mitzvah itself. What is the essence of the mitzvah itself? The fact that the physical Basar Hagashmi has now entered into a britzva In that sense, as far as what the mitzvah itself is concerned, you're independent from that. It's not influenced by anyone else in whatever motivation or whatever influence you're getting from someone before you, and here that adds another point. The influence that we get from someone before us is not only knowing that someone else did this, so this gives me the ability to follow in his footsteps. It also beruchnis the fact that someone else did something before you, as the Rebbe said in the beginning of the Sicha, there's an inheritance that gives you a koyach, whether you know of it or not, it gives you a koyach to do what you're doing this is only uh, relates to the preparation and the ruchni is the aspect of the mitzvah and here there is the influence from before there's the ruchni is the that come from before putting that bris into the physical body which over here, there's no ruchni element to this. It's just the essence of the neshama that's being connected to the to the physical body. Over here, you're independently the first. Anybody that fulfills the mitzvah of bris mila, ben godl, ben whether you're a baby, whether you're an adult, you're independently the first in this sense. Zayuvans. So now we come back and we can understand. Marshanu emrim lachnisay bebrisay shalavram avinu. To emphasize the theme of what the mitzvah of bris is all about, we say it in the bracha that it's the bris of Avram Avinu. Kinyanai umalos shalavram avinu beze shahoyah harishen kanav. Avram Avinu is the first to do this mitzvah. Umikiven shakalechad beNeisrael amakay mitzvazu haraygant kine bepchenes harishen. Every yid fulfilling the mitzvah is not following. Is not influenced, but in this, in the in the sense of the mitzvah, that is the physical basar that's entering into the bris. He is the first, Cain, who the shel Avram Avinu mamish. He is fulfilling and entering into that very same bris like Avram Avinu himself, not just following. So we daft could choose this language to emphasize this point and to express the theme and the chiddush of what this mitzvah is all about. So this, this we'll explain another detail about the mitzvah of B'ris that's unique and different from other mitzvahs that needs clarification. Why is the B'ris done in a way that it brings about pain for the baby? Especially as we know, Shasimche the joy in the fulfillment of a mitzvah is a very important part in serving the Ebesh. To serve the Ebesh and everything with joy. Okay. So why did the give us this mitzvah? Such a great and important mitzvah. In the fulfillment of the mitzvah, the baby feels pain. The opposite of what joy is. Why is this so? It's not that this mitzvah in this action specifically causes pain. This is the nature of the world, that this uh, this uh, would cause pain. Not that this mitzvah causes pain. This action in a body causes pain. So this is just part of nature. It's a byproduct of the way the mitzvah is fulfilled. It's not necessarily the intention of what the mitzvah is supposed to accomplish, that pain doesn't have to be there, but it just happens to be, because it's it's a physical action that causes always pain. So the Rebbe says, Everything that's in the world is precise and exact. The way it is above in the source. Everything we see in this world evolves from the way it is above. So we can't ever say, regarding any nature that we see in the world, oh, this is just the nature, the way things are. So that's true b'chlal about nature. Everything we see in nature is a reflection of something, of the way it's designed above, and that then evolves over here in this world. So we could never b'chlal explain anything in nature, just to say that, oh, this is just the way nature is. Be'kosh ke'en mitzvah. How much more so when it comes to a mitzvah, the fact that the mitzvah is fulfilled. In a way that it causes pain, we can't just say that the pain happens to be a byproduct of the way the mitzvah is fulfilled. The pain is something which is with a purpose. There's something, there's a message here, there's something about the pain in the mitzvah. So There's something that's being expressed by the idea that this covenant with the Abish there is done in a way that it causes pain to the child especially according to those opinions that say, the fulfillment of the mitzvah must be done in a natural way with the pain that it causes. You're not supposed to uh, cause any, do any numbing to the, to the place where the bris is fulfilled, or whether full anesthesia or in that area, that he shouldn't feel the pain. So, so we see according to these opinions that the mitzvah has to be done naturally with the pain that it involves. So what's the message here? What's the point of the fact that the mitzvah is done this way? The answer is, As we've explained, the whole idea of the mitzvah of bris, uniquely and different than all other mitzvahs, is to bring the covenant of the Eibishter in the physical body of the Yid. And this is a fulfillment of the purpose of creation, to make a dwelling for the Ebeshter in the lowest element of the world. So you say, So if so, what this means is, Even in the lowest element of existence. And here the Rebbe adds, And leaving it within its nature as a Tachten. There is where we make this dwelling for the Ebeshter. The fulfillment of the mitzvah is not only in the physical flesh, but in the physical flesh with its natural state. Not by numbing it and removing it from its natural state of being, but in its physical flesh with the pain that's there. That's the place where the mitzvah is fulfilled. As it is with all of its character, which means including even in the flesh of the person. He feels pain in a mitzvah. Even in this place, which feels pain in a mitzvah, which you really should feel the opposite, only joy in a mitzvah, but the physical flesh feels pain. So you have to bring down the revelation of the Ebeshter. Even in such a low place in the physical flesh, that feels the opposite of what it should in a mitzvah, is there in that place, in the lowest tachton, a place where the person feels the opposite of what the theme of the mitzvah is about, and right there in that place is where the mitzvah with the tzar, that's the place where the mitzvah is fulfilled. This expresses to an even greater degree of what the Rebbe said before, that the theme of the mitzvah is to bring down the connection to the lowest place in the person. The lesson that we take from all of this is, A person has no rights over his body To do what he wants with it To cause himself to afflict upon himself any pain So we understand simply from this A person does not have the rights to go and look to do something Even in serving the there, In something that will cause him pain because they, nevertheless, when a person has to fulfill his mission in this world, to create a dwelling for the Ebership so then, below, so then on the contrary, You have to be dedicated to your shliches and you can't stop yourself, even if it involves also painful situations. And the Rebbe says, the Gemara says, we cannot know the hidden plans of the Eibishter, why the Eibishter is causing certain pains. And based on what we learned before, we can understand a little bit, The fact that a person is fulfilling his shlichus in a place where this pain, so he's bringing down the shina, the dira into the lowest element of the existence of the world. So ulai, the Adarabah, this is the kavana of the fulfilling his purpose of move on, From this we can understand. Someone that has been placed upon himself. A mission, a shlichis. He cannot rely on his own understanding, on his own judgment, whether he should accept this or not. A person is a karev to himself, a person the self-love blinds a person. And a person may come up with all kinds of ideas. Because he wants to avoid the shlichus that he has to fulfill because it has some painful elements to it. So when a person has to fulfill a shlichus, or there's a shlichus that's placed upon him, and he doesn't know if it's for him, if he wants to fulfill it or not, he can't rely on his own judgment, because the painful things that are involved in the shlichus is not necessarily a sign that it's not for you. The other that might even be part of what the shlichus is about. it's Yes, it may be true that he has to go back to the one that sent him and let him know that my opinion, the opinion of the shliach is that he, has, he, has to, he can share the facts that he has these reservations about the shlichus. atzma. the decision itself has to be the shliach's decision. The shliach is the one that can see and know whether this is your mission. And also keep in mind, the Meshaleach has no ulterior motives. He wants you to fulfill your purpose in this world. And even if he sees whatever pain and suffering is involved, he knows what's good for you. And therefore, he's the one that you have to trust and go ahead with fulfilling the Shlichus. Yadarab, yeah, on the contrary, kish'i ismasa le'tafkidah v'cholkei who when a person will dedicate himself with all of the koiches that he has to his Shlichus. Naisaf al koiches Allah in addition to the main thing, that he has the koich of the Meshaleach, b'vada yatsliach, he will most definitely fulfill, he will succeed in fulfilling his shlichas properly. And without any pain and suffering, but with joy and a glad heart, I will make a dwelling for the Evishter in this world below. Just this week I heard from someone that uh, was by the Rebbe in Yechidis, and uh, he complained to the Rebbe about many difficulties that he was encountering in his shlichus, and he felt like he can't continue. And the Rebbe just asked him one question. Vos'z betekayach ha So that's the message over here in the end of the Sikha, to take the kayach of the mishaleach and fulfill our shlichus. And as the Rebbe concludes, it should be done, beli tzarvi yisurim and the uvetuv leivav.